Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the So What Podcast. My name is Anna McGuire and I'm super excited and thankful to be spending this time with you today talking about sowing intentionally into our lives so that we may reap abundantly. We're starting a brand new series today entitled Habits of Self-Sabotage. You see, all of us, whether or not we recognize it or realize it yet, we have habits in our life that oftentimes lead us to a place that isn't a place where we want to be, self-sabotage. You know, you think about like movies or even books where there's like a villain or a person that is in a rivalry position and what they try to do is often sabotage the other person. So like I think of like chick flick movies, like the girl does to the other girl, like ruins her outfit for prom or whatever. Like they just try to sabotage each other. And so a lot of times when we think of sabotage, we think about somebody else doing something to someone else. But in this case, I want to talk about habits that are self-sabotaging to us, that they are self-sabotaging. We are sabotaging ourselves through these habits. And so today's habit that I want to talk about is procrastination. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you're bored and overwhelmed all at the same time? I feel like in this season, which is like quarantine-ish slash post-COVID world, it lends itself to having these kinds of feelings of like, I'm bored and I'm also completely overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but it's when I feel this way that I struggle the most with procrastination. Maybe it's not just this season for you. Maybe procrastination is a daily battle that you may face. This could become a moment where you feel defensive. You're like, Anna, like, yes, procrastination is something that I feel or that I experience or live out. But I want you to know, don't be so defensive because it is possible to be a productive and well-achieving person and still procrastinate. What I'm not trying to say today is that If you procrastinate, you aren't successful or that you're missing the mark in some kind of way. You can still be successful and procrastinate. So if that's true, if you can be successful and procrastinate, why would you want to eliminate procrastination from your life? Simply, there's a couple things that I have found is that procrastination creates unnecessary stress in our lives. Getting a project done for work or around the house may be stressful, but procrastinating to do it will only add another layer of stress. Procrastination also tends to give us these feelings of uh, our intense feelings in your body. Like I'm sure, as I say that, you're starting to imagine an experience in your own life where you were procrastinating, then you started feeling stressed, and then your body began to feel tense and you almost felt like gridlocked in your own body in a way procrastination, when we live it out, when we experience it, when we make it a habit, we tend to have these tense feelings in our body when it comes to the work that is in front of us. And then last but not least, why do we want to eliminate it is because oftentimes when we procrastinate, we don't give our our best or do our best in our work. You begin to cut corners. Like think about it. If you have seven days to work on a project, you're going to put a lot of time, thought, and intentionality into the work that you have to do. If you've got two hours to do it, you are going to cut corners. You're going to cut any possible meat or fat uh, that that could have on the project just so that you could get it done. 
I think about a time where I was trying to paint a bedroom and I wanted to have it done before guests came to our house. And so instead of getting it done a couple weeks in advance, I decided to do it like a day before they got there and the paint job was terrible. Andrew and I had to redo it all over again. And then the makeup work was actually just as bad as the first time through. My fault. I procrastinated. So what are two positive reasons why you want to eliminate procrastination? First of all, I believe that it creates clarity and next steps in our life. That it really helps us to focus and think clearly about what is in front of us. Instead of having a very short window of time to think through details and figure out what next steps we need to take, it really broadens our perspective and gives us clarity, clear thinking, and really helps us take next steps. And the second thing that I believe is the positive thing is that it creates momentum and movement. It helps you not to just stay stagnant or numb in a situation, helps you to continuously move forward. So how do we live in this clarity and momentum and not procrastinate? Just a couple of things that I put together, and this is not incredibly extensive. I'm sure you could go on some leadership gurus website and they're going to give you a million ways to overcome procrastination. But these are just a couple simple things that I have found that have helped me overcome procrastination and that when I work with individuals helps them overcome procrastination as well. So quick things. First thing that I would say is in order to live in clarity and momentum and to eliminate procrastination is first plan your day or your week out ahead of time. So for me, I have this Sunday night ritual. Every Sunday night, I pull out my Google calendar and what I simply do is I look over my calendar. I put notes throughout my calendar about what projects I need to finish and then I also put down three goals that I want to accomplish that week. And those might be work goals or they might be personal goals, whatever it may be. I just put three things and I put time in for those things. And then I make a plan and I stick to it. So if I give myself two hours on Saturday to write podcast scripts and to record some podcasts, I'm going to for sure do that. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to take my calendar And I'm going to put my priorities, my projects, the things I need to do in a time slot, and I'm going to stick to it. And here's the other thing is that when I put these things in a calendar, they make sure that I put boundaries on my busyness, that I don't, I'm that I'm not owned by my work projects. I've talked about this a million times on this podcast about having boundaries and priorities and things like that. This also helps. So I do this step, yes, so that I don't procrastinate, but it also helps me with boundaries on my busyness. So that's a side note. So the thing that I do is I do my Sunday night ritual. I look over my week and I stick to my plan. And what I've found is, is that the plan really doesn't lock me in. It actually helps me to stay more flexible because I find more margins of time in my day for relaxation, for pleasure, for the things that I really enjoy doing. And the second thing that I find that is really helpful is my morning in the office. I plan my day out right away. I have a weekly calendar that just sits on my desk and I look over my calendar and again, I look at my Google calendar again and I add anything that I may have missed because again, I don't want to procrastinate. I don't want to be owned by my projects. I want to own my projects. So the first thing I would say is plan your day or your week out ahead of time. Super simple. Yours could look like you use a paper calendar or that you use Google Calendar or Apple Calendar, whatever you may use, 
and really plan out your days and your weeks. And then once you plan it, stick to it so that you don't procrastinate. And what I have found is that sometimes like I will plan for to do something on like a Wednesday evening and I'll procrastinate, not do it. And so then I end up having to do it like on Saturday and on Saturday, I just want to chill. I don't want to work on my projects and whatnot. So make your plan so that you can enjoy your free time later. Stick to the plan, make the plan and stick to the plan. The second thing I would say for for overcoming procrastination is remove your distractions. I think the easiest thing to do is put your phone in the other room. Or if you're going to keep your phone with you, put it on airplane mode. Something I do all the time. My phone is actually right next to me right now and it's already on airplane mode. Not just silent, it's on airplane mode. Another thing that I do is I put my computer which this, I don't know if anything other than Mac has this, I'm guessing they do, is I put my computer on do not disturb mode so that notifications from my email or texting or whatever aren't popping up while I'm trying to work on something. So remove the distractions. Put your phone in the other room. Put it on airplane mode. Put your computer on do not disturb mode. Simple things that I really believe will help us cut out. Because if you think about it, you get a text, you get distracted, you respond to the text, and then all of a sudden you're on Instagram for 10 minutes. And then what should have been just like a 30-second response to a text message, now like 15, 20 minutes later, you're trying to get the motivation to get back to work. So put away the distractions. And within that, sometimes distractions can be good things. If you're like me or my husband, Andrew, you like to be in a clean space while you're working. So sometimes while we're working, we're like, oh, the room is such a mess. Like we need to clean up so that we can focus. Well, that can actually be, okay, is it good to have a clean room? Yes. But that can actually be a distraction. So one thing that I found for me as well is that if I'm in a room that is like distracting me because it isn't clean and I want it clean and it will help me. I actually just move to another room that doesn't need cleaning. Even if that is like my closet, you would laugh if you knew how often I go to my closet to do work. It's a, it's a, it's a walk-in closet, but anyways, just to get to a space where it's clean and then I don't have to be distracted by the mess, quote unquote. So first thing, plan your day, your week out ahead of time. Second, remove the distractions and three, do your least favorite task first. This is super countercultural. We usually seek pleasure first and foremost. We naturally want to do what we enjoy first. Instead, treat your most enjoyable tasks as a reward of sorts for the unenjoyable ones. So as an example, for my job, I have a lot of documentation I have to do on any given day. And if you know me, or if you can take an educated guess about me, I do not like doing paperwork. Literally, for me, it is mind-numbing. Like, I'm like squeezing my cheeks right now. I cannot stand paperwork. But it's an important part of the work that I do. So several days throughout my work week, I schedule documentation time in the morning. What could take me hours and days if I plan to do it in the afternoon, I instead designate one hour first thing in the mornings. And you know what? It usually takes me less time than an hour because I want it to be done and get on with my day. So I do my least enjoyable task first. And so then I can do my more enjoyable things as like a treat later. Again, super countercultural, but I found that it helps me. And if I waited to do that stuff in the afternoon, the documentation, the paperwork, 
it would take me days to do. But because I give myself one hour in the morning and I don't let myself do anything unless like an emergency or some big thing arises, but I don't let myself do anything else until this is done. So I do it first. And then once it's done, it's finished and it's wonderful. So do your least favorite task first. Number four, and this is where I have to remind myself a lot of times is remind yourself of the big picture. Sometimes the work to be done is simply something you don't enjoy, which is totally understandable. Like if you're in college or grad school, or if you've been in college or grad school or high school at any given point, the homework or the assignments and the tasks aren't fun. But if you remember, oh, I'm doing this for a degree of some sort, then it usually helps you like stay motivated. And I want you to kind of think about that with any work that you have to do that the the paperwork or the busyness or the tasks or the meetings, the emails, whatever you may be procrastinating from doing lends itself to the big picture. So the self-talk here is, man, this task is a part of me accomplishing X, Y, and Z. This task is a part of me accomplishing being able to counsel individuals on a regular basis. That's one thing I have to tell myself with documentation. So number four, remind yourself of the big picture. And this is last but not least. This was huge for me. is completion over perfection. A lot of times we avoid working on or finishing projects because we want them to be perfect. And we simply don't have the energy for perfection. I was listening to Jenna Kutcher's podcast. It's called the Gold Digger Podcast several months ago. And she said something so profound to me. She said, done is better than perfect. And like, oh, as soon as she said it, it was like gut-wrenching. And then she kept repeating it. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. Okay, so of course we want to put excellence and intentionality and thought and care into everything we do. But there comes a point when perfectionism becomes harmful to our success and our overall well-being. You see, like with this podcast... I didn't want to do it for so long because I wanted to have like the perfect intro and I wanted to find like the greatest microphone and the greatest software. And honestly, it was this quote by Jenna Kutcher that really motivated me to move forward. Done is better than perfect. So yes, we want to be excellent in everything we do. We want to have intentionality. We want to give our best thought and care, but perfection perfectionism can become harmful to our success and overall overall well-being. So remember, completing it is oftentimes better than perfect. So don't get caught up in having things be perfect. Be content. Be happy with things being completed. Because here's the deal. If perfection is our goal, we are never going to complete the task because there's always going to be room for better. There's always going to be room to make it better, brighter, bigger, whatever. So completion over perfection. What I found is that dramatic change doesn't happen by making drastic changes. Jeannie Mayo puts it this way. It's the small choices over time that give us our biggest results. So, What I'm coming to is that as seemingly small as these five things may seem, over time, they will help you to reap the results that you will be thankful for. It's not the dramatic change that gives us the drastic change. It is the small choices over time that give us our biggest results. 
So if you want to begin the process of eliminating procrastination so that you don't have to live in a place of constant stress or worry or anxiousness if the work is going to be done, begin to implement these five simple, small things. First, plan your day or your week out ahead of time. Two, remove the distractions. Three, do your least favorite task first. Four, remind yourself of the big picture. Five, completion over perfection. Done is better than perfect. Sewing intentionally into our lives takes place in the everyday, seemingly mundane choices. Again, we might think that these really well-centered, peace-filled people that they just ended up there one day. No, they made small choices, which the small choices over time gave them those kind of results. So if you want to reap abundantly in the sense of not living in a place of anxiety and stress when it comes to work, eliminate procrastination. And again, we'll probably talk about in the days to come, what is good stress? Because there is such thing as good stress, but I'm talking about stress that is unnecessary, stress that doesn't have to exist, stress that we personally create through procrastination. So I hope and I pray that in the days, weeks, months, and moments to come, you choose to sow intentionally by eliminating procrastination in your life so that you may reap abundantly. Friends, remember that I am always in your corner and cheering you on. I love you. Have an amazing day.